Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We've been talking about what's going on right now in the Congress of the United States, specifically the Senate. The House yesterday did a few things. First, it voted to override the president's veto of the National Defense Authorization Act. The NDAA, as it is known, is a massive piece of legislation which is passed every year in order to fund the Pentagon and the Department of Defense. And give money and resources to the men and women who wear the uniform to defend the freedoms we enjoy here as Americans. There's got to be money to do that. And the spending of that money has to be authorized. And every year, it has been for years and years and years. And the president this year vetoed it because he wanted to see included in there uh, a, a removal of something called Section 230. You've probably heard Section 230. It's, uh, it's, it's a little confusing. And to wrap my mind around it, when I first became aware of this section of the 1996 Communications Decency Act, it, it took a, a little bit of, of reading and explaining on the part of others to get me up to speed. But I will simplify it by saying that Section 230 of that Decency Act from 1996 is a piece of U.S. law now that shields social media companies like Twitter and Facebook, from liability for content their users post, right? So if you go onto Twitter and you tweet something that's uh, nasty or illegal or awful or somehow uh, bad enough to warrant uh, legal action to be taken, this Section 230 gives Twitter protections, right? Twitter is not liable for the content that you post. Trump's not a fan of that. He wanted that section to be removed from this 1996 Communications Decency Act as it exists in U.S. law currently. And because that language was absent, the NDAA, and because there was not a prohibition on the changing of names of certain military installations around the country which bear the names of Confederate generals, he vetoed it. He vetoed it. I don't have perfect institutional knowledge, but I, in my limited memory, can't think of a time where that's happened before. And so that brings us back to the bizarro world in which we find ourselves today, in that yesterday, the House of Representatives overrode that veto. Now, it takes more than just the Democrats in Congress or in the House to pull that off. You need more. You got to get some buy-in from Republicans. 
109 of them voted to override the veto. 109 Republicans said, President Trump, you're wrong on this one. President Trump, you, you've, you've, you've committed an error. You ought not to have vetoed this legislation as it is important and vital to the defense of this nation. Now it's up to the Senate. Mitch McConnell, uh, here, I want to share with you about uh, 60 seconds of what Mitch McConnell has said on, uh, on this issue. He explained that failure is not an option and Congress must put differences aside. There's something at the very end of this I want to uh, dive into. So listen to hear Mitch McConnell, majority leader in the Senate, on his views regarding the override of the veto, which is expected to be voted upon tomorrow. President Trump has rightly noted that this year's defense bill does not contain every provision that we Republicans would have wanted. I'm confident our Democratic colleagues feel the same way. But that is the case every year. And yet for 59 consecutive years and counting, Washington has put our differences aside, found common ground, and passed the annual defense bill. Not once in six decades has a Congress let its differences prevented from completing this work for our national security and our men and women who wear the uniform. So, Madam President, for the brave men and women of the United States Armed Forces, failure is simply not an option. So when it's our turn in Congress to have their backs, failure is not an option either. I would urge my colleagues to support this legislation one more time when we vote tomorrow. He added three words in there he didn't need to. I urge my colleagues to support this legislation one more time. Whatever your views on Mitch McConnell may be, he is not a man who does something accidentally. I have seen him up close and from afar, and when he says something, he does it deliberately. He was reminding not only his colleagues, but people like you and me listening in from the outside, that the Senate has already disagreed with President Trump. That the veto-proof majority which voted to pass this Defense Authorization Act, they already said, Trump, you're off base. You're You're not getting this one exactly right. And while there is good reason... You know, to doubt and question some elements, sometimes, sometimes compromise means that you support something with which you don't agree 100%. Anyway, let me put this out there. President Trump right now wants two things. He wants $2,000 in the pocketbooks of each qualifying American. There is a piece of legislation right now available to the United States Senate to pass to make that happen. President Trump also wants to get rid of this Section 230. Big tech, the social media companies, would be damaged by that. President Trump has made it uh, no secret that he's not a big fan of these social media companies. What if this happens? What if, in an effort to gain the necessary support to pass the $2,000 in the Senate, the necessary support on the part of Republicans, if the language to get rid of Section 230 is added to the Senate version? 
It would then need to be sent back to the House where Democrats would have a choice to make. Do we vote to support and send $2,000 to each qualifying American while also removing the Section 230 protections of social media companies? If that scenario plays out, look at the end of the day who comes out on top. Depending on your politics, you know, each qualifying American would end up with the 230 or I'm sorry, the the 230, the $2,000. I'm getting a, a lot of texts here that are making very good points about the uh, the who ultimately would be paying the price for those $2,000. Remember, that's almost half a trillion dollars in additional spending. To hand out 2,000 to each qualifying American will cost some future generation. Little baby Piper and her friends They'll be paying back the half a trillion, uh, plus, you know, all the other money we've spent in bailing this nation out in the midst of the pandemic. That money would make its way into the bank accounts of Americans, and also President Trump would be responsible for dealing a punch in the nose to big tech companies. Is it is it possible that he had that mapped out from the beginning? Is it possible that the chaos and confusion that started on Tuesday night when he, uh, what seemed like, telegraphed his lack of support for the stimulus package tied to the government funding package? Is it possible he knew all along that he would Sunday night be signing that? Is it possible that he had a deal worked out that would ultimately lead to a Senate decision to amend a $2,000 bill to tie these two massive issues together? Honestly, I don't know. I've worked in Washington for a long time. I have seen uh, strategic movements. I have seen strategic acts. I've seen strategic planning. I never saw it at this level. That's some high stakes. Anyway. Uh, that's the way I see it, and those are the questions that I have. Uh, remember, if you would like to share your views on this $2,000 issue with your uh, United States senators, I've been in contact with their offices. I'm hoping to speak with them here on the air as the rest of the week plays out and they, in, in the Senate, make those big decisions. If you'd like me to transmit a message over to them, send me a note, 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. We're going to step aside from all the shenanigans in Washington right now, at least in the Senate. And when we come back, we're going to look into the history and the present of presidential pardons. That's ahead on Live Mike. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.